How's it going, Jason? It's going good. Going good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. It's good, good. to have you here at Diddy TV in Memphis. Yeah, and, it's uh, good to be here. See some of your music, see you perform. It was really excellent. Thanks, man. This is a fun. This is a great deal you got here. It's cool. I'm glad you were able to make it make it through and stop in uh -huh. for a little session. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, how are you consuming music these days? Are you a are you a vinyl guy or what's your preferred yeah, method? Yeah, I'm definitely a vinyl guy. You are. Yeah, my wife and I we got really into it about five or six years ago. I grew mm -hmm. up on it. I was I'm old enough to where I was. I re we actually used to really have vinyls, you know, and and uh, then of course I got rid of everything and then uh, grabbed some and. Yeah, man, I I love getting the new the new releases on vinyl, and uh, and I also love you know going bargain hunting and stopping at flea markets or where you know side of the road sales yeah. you know and just digging through the bins and seeing what you find. And, yeah, um, I love it. I'm a fan of vinyl. Um, one thing I've I've learned about vinyl really that I didn't really know I guess going back into it the second time is how important it is for listening to an entire record mm -hmm. you know it's it's pretty important for that i mean it it's so easy on a cd or a or digital you know if you, you give something one chance and if you don't like it the first time you, you kind of skip it forever mm -hmm. you know but with vinyl you're kind of forced to play the side and then there's songs that you know there's some songs that take a while to grow on you and then they end up being your favorite songs and vinyl kind of forces that to happen which is which is really cool that's true. You wouldn't get up and move the needle to the next it's track. Too hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Too much work. <laughs> too right. Inaccurate placement. Yeah. The song's already in. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So you mentioned that you were listening to vinyl as a teenager, or as a kid. As a kid, yeah. When I, was, especially as you know, as a younger kid, I, I just remember all the all the music that I grew up on was all was all vinyl. And that was down in Mississippi, Mississippi right? Mississippi. Yeah. What was it like growing up there? It was really cool. Uh, it was great. Musically, it was really, really a great play. I feel pretty lucky, you know, musically to have grown up there. It was, uh, it really is a crossroads of styles, you know, that come through. And um, there's blues out of the Delta and, and up here. And then you got, there's Southern rock and there's gospel and there's jazz out of New Orleans and, and the soul R&B scene. And then there's just country music and bluegrass music. I mean, it was all there, you know, it, it mm -hmm. all kind of intersected there in that part of the, the country. And, um, I grew up on all of it, and uh, and I feel pretty lucky about that. When you say grew up on it, I mean, were you playing? I w yeah, I never played a lot of that stuff. It yeah. it kind of seeps in, in in ways I don't really expect. You know, every once in a while, I'll notice one little thing. I'll go, oh, I, I think I got that from this, you know. Yeah. But uh, but I guess I mean, did you were you playing music as a kid? Yeah, you I were? started playing when I was about thirteen. Mm -hmm. um, but I grew up in a this church we went to when I was a kid. It was a it was a very charismatic uh, Pentecostal sure. ch church, you know, and so uh, we we had a choir, but we also we had a bluegrass band that would play, and then the choir would sing behind the bluegrass band. Oh, and man, it was you were just, getting rowdy. Yeah, it was really, it was it was a great environment musically, and... and uh, so you were a part of it? I was a part of that. Playing yeah. guitar or what? No, I was just a, I just would sing along then. Okay. I was too young, mm -hmm. you know, and then when I turned 13, my, uh, I had my stepdad at the time, uh, he had a Tuesday night bluegrass circle at the house and all these guys would come over and they'd just sit around and play bluegrass and then they had a songbook that they passed around and, and uh, when they when he would go to bed he'd put the Martin up on the wall and, and uh and I'd go sneak out of the room and grab the Martin and grab the songbook and huh. teach myself those chords and guitars and but I, I was about thirteen, so um from then on, yeah, that's all I did. I it's mean, a great age yeah. to be exposed to the music and to really yeah. begin to understand it, I think. Exactly. It was right. around the same age that I began to really appreciate it myself. Yeah, it's something about it, you start to you start to appreciate it on your own too, rather than just 
listening to what you know your parents listen to or your mm -hmm. people tell you to listen to it's more you start to kind of get your own opinions of what you like at that age it's cool so Mississippi played a pretty big role in your musical history, it's safe yeah, to say. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize it at the time. It's definitely one of yeah. those things that I've figured out. The older I get, the more I realize how much it had an impact, you know. Because I started playing, you know, professionally once I got to Texas. Yeah, see, and, that's where I was wanting to yeah. connect the dot there. You made it to Texas at what age? I was 28 when I got to Texas. Yeah. So I had been in, I'd left Mississippi and had been in the Air Force and got out and had a, uh, a corporate job that, that took me to Texas um, so there was some space in between where I did other things mm -hmm. and, uh, and then got to Texas and the songwriter community in Texas is just unbelievable. And so, uh, that's when I, I thought, okay, I think I might be able to, to do this again. You know, that's, they're just incredibly receptive to original music in mm -hmm. Texas. And so that kind of got me, got me going and I was just doing it as a hobby there for a little bit. And then, uh, and then things just started taking off and I kind of had to quit between, I had to, choose between the job and 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 uh playing music and so i decided to give it a shot here we are so between growing up in the church joining the air force i was thinking you seem like a man of principles and <laughs> ideals and everything and uh integrity does that you think play a role in your life pretty big yeah but again in, in subtle ways you know none of that was it wasn't real overt i mean i wasn't uh, i wasn't you know, none of those things were, at the time, I didn't think they were a huge part of my life. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't really live that kind of of life on it. You know, I, I just kind of bounced around and tried. It was more about me just experimenting and trying things and, you know, yeah. getting exposed as much as I could get exposed to. And, and, uh, and yeah, again, in hindsight, you kind of realize that all of those things impacted you and, and snuck in and, and made more of a difference than you think. But, uh, yeah. So when you moved to Texas, did you feel pretty accepted by the songwriting community? Yeah, I did. Where was did. that at? It was in Fort Worth. Okay. Yeah, and there's, you know, I mean, to be honest, everywhere I had lived before, it's really tough to get people to listen to original music. It you is. know, if you're when you're getting started, it's it's pretty accepted that you know that you're supposed to play covers and then you can throw some original stuff in there. And, and Texas is, it really is. Uh, the opposite you know over there that whole texas oklahoma scene is uh i mean they kind of expect you to write your own you mm -hmm. know if you play too many covers they they start wondering why you can't write your songs you yeah know? so uh that part I, that really inspired me and uh it just got me writing all the time and and just to go out and, and play these songs in front of people and yeah it's a very uh, uh nurturing scene over there for songwriters that's sure. good so Unless you're like most people and uh, you just started out writing really great material, I'm wondering if there was a song along the way <laughs> that kind of you listened to as it was recorded or, you know, you kind of thought to yourself, like, wow, this is actually pretty good, like a, a recognition moment where you were like, all right, I can do this. Yeah, yeah, I do remember, um, I do remember the first one that was like that. Where yeah. I, it was the first one where I thought, sounded like i had created something instead of just copying yeah you know because that's the when you start writing what, what is it imitation precedes creation and um that's you know definitely the first few years there were just basically rewriting other songs that i knew without meaning to you know not stealing yeah. them but just that's what you do making you it know? new yeah. yeah and then when you find your voice that first time that you find your voice in a song it's pretty pretty magical 
So flash forward a few years, and yeah. you know you've got records under your belt. Like since two thousand and five, you've been having mm-hmm. you know having a recording career and everything, yeah. um, which is amazing. And it's it's really cool to see that you're getting acclaim from, you know, critics like Rolling Stone and Billboard. And I'm wondering if if that's easy for you to accept, first of all, and if it's something that you ever thought you would get. Um, well, I, I hoped. You know, that's uh, you do you do hope for it. it's. I think the fact I've been at this a long time, you right. know, as like you said, since '05, and and originally I kind of thought things were just it was there's going to be this quick path, you mm-hmm. know, and and a lot of people that I started out with it it was, you know, a few years in, and they were on tour buses and taking over the world, really? you know, and yeah, and it's been definitely more of a slower, uh, slow climb for me, but uh, you know, everything happens the way it's supposed to, and and uh, I've learned a, that's really affected my my attitude a lot in a in a good way you know it's taught me patience and and just what's important and and what I really want to get out of this and what the point of this is for me you know and um so yeah I mean those things are there's it's still pretty you know every time you see that Rolling Stone logo over your name I mean that's you you know that's cool yeah when you start playing music that's you kind of hope that one day that that happens and and there it is and yeah it's great did you grow up reading Rolling Stone magazine yeah, I did. I did. Just any anything musical mm-hmm. magazine. I was, you know, any kind of songwriter magazines or country music magazines, Rolling Stone, any of those. Uh, I was pretty into that. I'm I'm a big. I love the the craft part. You, you know, do. yeah. And is that I, the part that's rewarding for you, or yeah. is it touring and getting out and meeting people? What part is rewarding? To well, you? it all is. Mm-hmm. It all is in different ways. But I think the. So, you know, if I could only do one thing, if I was at the end of the day, I, I mean, writing is the, is my number one passion, and and um, but I do like the I like the the craft of it. And I like finding other people's you know how do other people do it because it's a very mysterious mm-hmm. process. You know, it's not a um, it's definitely not a, uh, something you can tell somebody. You know, this is step one. This is step two. You know, yeah. I always say if there's a if there's a formula, if there really was a a way to do it then i'd just wake up and i'd have 365 great songs every year you know just wake up and do it you know so yeah. it's a very mysterious process and it's kind of one of those right when you think you figured it out it kind you lose it it kind of changes and you have to go find it some other way and um so i just like finding you know hearing how other people go about it and what their processes are but it's it's not something you can read what somebody else does and copy that you have to find your own mm-hmm. way with it but it's, you know, it's fun to see what the other people are doing. I noticed that your last album uh, is you with a cup of coffee yeah. sitting and writing. And yeah. it's like, is that how it is? I mean, is it you, you sit down with a cup of coffee and just yeah, yeah they really, of paper and just go for it? Yeah, yeah, that's really it. It's a lot of... Uh, at the you know I take notes all year just constantly mm-hmm. and the phones have really helped that you know used to everybody carry yeah. around a notepad but I would lose the notepad all the time I and keep I'm hearing like, that I think that's one of the you know the perks of iPhones and everything yeah when, all the downsides that's one of the major perks for musicians I it hear really is, is. yeah I mean constant documentation yeah and it took me a while to make the change because I love the whole feel of you know and when I when I sit down to write I still write mm-hmm. on paper I can't do that I can't write on a laptop or anything like that you know I definitely still write with with pen and paper but I'm just constantly collecting notes through the year you know so I'll just sit down with with and go through my notes and and then just start messing around on guitar and some days it's there and happens, and some days you miss it. And uh, 
yeah you just you, you kind of just show up and see what happens every day and but man when it happens you know there's always that point there's always that turning point in a song where you go okay this is we got something here you yeah know? and, and uh, that's a good feeling and you kind of approach the uh the work on your most recent or upcoming album i should say mm -hmm. i travel on which is coming out august 10th yep. Uh, I heard that you approached that one a little bit differently where you had actually booked time at the studio right. without anything really written and then yeah. went in and let it, you know, figure yeah. itself out a little bit. Yeah, that was, that one, this one, it was different that way because we had been out, this band that that is playing with me now, um, mm -hmm. we we toured last year, All I mean, we toured everywhere, all coast to coast, the whole year, and we kind of found our, our groove, you know, and found this sound and... and everybody everybody in the band comes from a different background musically and and uh instead of trying to make that be something we everybody kind of did their own thing and and it just all meshed together and created this kind of bluegrass groove country thing you know and and uh, so we started rearranging all the old songs to fit that feel and and i just kind of felt like we all felt like we were just really onto something and so i i went ahead and booked the studio and so this time I wrote for that, you know, I wrote the, the music came first mm -hmm. this time. And normally it's the other way around for me. Normally the songs are there and then I, and then I arrange a record around the song, what the songs are, you know, but this time I definitely let what the band was doing and what we were doing live, uh, dictate how I was writing. And, and that was a fun challenge, but it, it was scary. You know, I mean, I did it, I booked the studio and we, and we had two other players on the record. It was, it was us. And then, uh, Rob Ikes and Trey Hensley, these fantastic bluegrass guys. Uh, we were fans of theirs. We listened to their CDs on the road all last year. And, and uh, so when it got time to make the record, we just I just called them and I said, hey, you guys want to do this? And they said, yeah. And so we just sat in a circle in the studio, in the six of us, and it was all tracked live. And um, But, you know, we so I just wrote knowing that that was going to happen. And so, But we called them and... and had the studio booked, had everything ready, and I didn't have a, a song for <laughs> it yet. So I, that was, but it it really worked out fine. It was uh, because the sound was there. It was it was everything just fell into place pretty pretty quick. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool to take risks. I think. Yeah, yeah. It was like you know yeah. It was scary, but uh, it worked out. That's good. On this album, I travel on. Is there <clears> a, a thread to the songs that you would describe? Yeah, definitely. Um, you you mean lyrically? I do, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I noticed uh, on your other album that it was, even you described that there was a thread to the songs, mm -hmm. almost like a concept album. Yeah. And uh, I was wondering if this one, in the way that you wrote the song, sort of reversing the role, I was wondering if, uh, or reversing the order, if, if it yeah. still had a thread to it somehow. If that yeah, it definitely, it does. I, I get on those, uh, those kicks, you know, when, mm -hmm. I, when I'm writing, especially the, if I write stuff closer together, there's always kind of a theme, and, and uh this one, the, the title kind of says it all. That is the theme. It's it's trying to get from one place to another, whether that's physically moving mm -hmm. or or mentally, you know, trying to get from one place to another. And it, the theme, what I was really hoping that, to get out of this is is definitely leaning more on the positive side of things, and 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 just the you know, no matter what happens, just keep traveling, just keep going, you know, just every day, one foot at a time, one step at a time, and and. Uh, and just keep moving forward. You know, that's the that's the idea behind the album. Is even the songs on there that are they are a little darker or a little uh, a little maybe a little sad. Uh, mm -hmm. They they don't end that way. 
you know, we, I tried really hard to, to take everything in a, in a positive direction by the end of the song. And, and, you know, if it starts off negative, it ends, it ends in a more positive way. And, um, yeah, so that's, it's just, the, it's a journey. That's the whole point of the record. And we put the, the song I travel on as the last song on the record, and it ends with that word, the, with those three words. That's the last thing you hear, and then the record ends. And um, that was very intentional, just the idea that even when the record's over, that's, that idea just keeps going, you know, just keep moving, keep, mm -hmm. uh, don't let yourself get stuck, you know, just keep, just keep waking up and doing it every day, you know? Yeah. I think people out there are going to need that kind of message. It's, I'm sure people will be yeah. receptive to that. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So were there any co-writes on the album? I know that in the mm -hmm. past you've written songs with Jamie Lynn Wilson and Hayes Carl and other yeah. people. And Was there anyone involved in um, this one? Not as, not as many as I usually do. I, I did most of them by myself. I had uh, uh, Max Stalling, a really great writer out of Texas, came over. Um, his wife was playing fiddle on my wife's, on my wife's Courtney's uh, last record. So while they were in the studio, Max and I wrote, and we wrote I Travel On. Um, and then uh, I wrote a song called Pretty When I Die with Justin Wells. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I wrote two of the others with Courtney, with my wife. And um, we don't write together as much as people assume we do. You know, it's yeah. been a little while since we have. And uh, and her name's Courtney Patton? Courtney Patton. She's yeah. got her own albums out and everything. Yeah, yeah. She just had a big release earlier this year. And, uh, yeah, she's doing, she's doing really great right now. And... And uh, so, yeah, we wrote two of the songs together. Those are the four co-writes that I have, two mm -hmm. with Courtney and then with Max and Justin. And um, But, yeah, I did far less. I think part of that, too, was just in the amount of time that I had to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just didn't run into people. I, it was, it's, hard to, it's hard to schedule time to write sure. with people. Everybody's touring. Everybody's doing their thing. So um, the, the co-writes that I do have, it just kind of happened to work out where somebody was passing through town and they came over. And, um, and, and I'm, I love... I love co-writing, and I love the, the co-writes I got on this record. But, yeah, not as many this time as normal. Well, it seems like you're in a good place. I mean, yeah. you've, you've, been up, you've been traveling. I saw you were in Banff, uh, yeah. Canada, and, yeah. you know, happily married, and things are going yeah. well for you. And so it yeah. sort of reflects in the themes of the album and what you've been up to and sort of living your, you know, your yeah. songs out and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's that's good to see that. Yeah. Um, and for the the release of the album, it's going to be uh, on vinyl, mm -hmm. and you worked with hand pressing. Is that right? Yeah, hand drawn records, hand drawn pressing, hand, hand drawn. Yeah, hand okay. drawn pressing. Yeah. What was your experience with them? Oh man, they are fantastic. They're great. They uh, uh, they've done a lot of really cool records lately too. They when I went in and, and picked mine up, they were showing me all the projects they're doing, and they're really on fire. They're a local company in Dal in Dallas. Okay, you know, out so, of Dallas. Um, so that was really. Uh, Courtney did her record with them, and that's how I, I found them. And they just did an amazing job with hers. And and so, yeah, I, I went went with them. And uh, really quick turnaround, just professional guys. It's, a, it's, it's cool, though. Every time you go, you know, this will be the fourth record I've put on vinyl. And when you pick it up and, you know, have your music on a vinyl, that's, that's pretty intense. Yeah, you know? I don't think that feeling gets old, probably. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. So you're going to be touring around all yeah. through the foreseeable future, oh, going yeah. out of the country at all? Yes, yeah, and uh, September, Courtney and I are doing a deal uh, where we, we're taking 40 people uh, from the States, we're taking them to Switzerland. We've played a lot in Switzerland over the years, and we've kind of been going 
pretty much every year for about five years and we found all our favorite places to play and places to go and so this time we we sold tickets and so we're taking a group and we're having a charter bus and all on the same bus and so we'll go around for a week and play in our favorite venues and stop in our favorite restaurants and visit our favorite places and um, so we're doing that and then after that i'm staying over for about another three weeks in europe doing central europe and the uk and um yeah, we just played in Canada uh, last week. So, sounds yeah. like you might uh, want to rethink your career path, man. I don't know about this. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, it's tough. tough. It's tough, yeah. Well, <laughs> JasonEdie.com. Yeah, I travel on coming out in August. Make sure to get it out there, folks. Jason Edie, thanks for being here today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.